Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Muscle Building and Fat Loss Podcast. A podcast that discusses the latest science and research on exercise, fitness, muscle building, fat loss, and more. Here's your host, Dr. Carlos. Welcome back, everyone. We have a returning guest from 2021, Aaron Alejandrino. You probably can, you've probably seen him on Instagram. You can follow him at his account, The Fit Beard, The Fit Beard, or you can also find him at True Lean Nutrition or The MDK Project. He's everywhere, folks. But you can also go to truelean.com. We're going to be talking about fitness, mindset, motivation, and a whole lot more today. So I can't wait. But you know, before we get started, you know what you got to do share, subscribe, hit that like button. You know, we like it. Let's not waste any more time. Welcome to the show, Mr. Aaron Alejandrino. Welcome, sir. Thank you, sir. Happy 2022. Happy to be here. That's right. Welcome back. <laughs> That's a whole year. Mm. Let me ask you this, Aaron. As you mentioned before the show, it is January. So now everybody, I don't know everybody, but a lot of people are making New Year's resolutions to get into shape, especially considering what's going on out there right now. We know that being in shape actually could be really helpful. Uh, so I guess my very first question is, why do you think people struggle to keep those goals when they set those New Year's resolutions and then they just drop off about three or four weeks later? We see at the gym, right? High volume, first six weeks, and then they get free EFTs for the next 10 months. What do you think is going on? A number of factors. I've been in training, personal training, uh, you know, fitness for the better part of 15 years, and, and I always see the same pattern. Beginning of the year, everyone's super motivated. Um, and then just like you said, within a few weeks, a few months, maybe they're dropping off New Year's resolutions are out the door. And there's this kind of um, uh, adoption of a, a mediocrity. Um, and I think really the main reason why people drop off is the why is not strong enough and the pain of what of where they're at is not strong enough. And so if you have a really strong why, um, it will keep you motivated through the hard times and fitness is hard by nature. It's one of those things you got to do continuously. If you got to do the reps and sets, you got to put the time, effort and energy into it. But if you're, if your burning desire as to why you're doing it, isn't strong enough in the beginning, it's part of the reason people will drop off and it's really easy to set a really firm. Why? You just have to spend a little time sitting in the pain as to what's not working and notice that if you continue down that path, it's going to only amplify 
So I think the biggest reason why people fall off is their why is just simply not strong enough. Let me ask you this. You made me think about some things. It's kind of become a cliche, even though it's, I'm assuming it's true. And I'm assuming you'll agree. People say you need to have a lifestyle. It can't just be, I want to lose 20 pounds. It really has to be a lifestyle mentality. Um, But how do you get that? Great question. You test, you try it out. You try a lot of things. Uh, My mom is, my mom's 66 um, this coming year, 67 this coming year. And she just now found the activity that she loves doing. She's been doing Pilates twice a day. She's tried boot camps. She's tried boxing. She's tried running, walking. She's been to the gym. She's had personal trainers. Um, she's tried everything. And at 60, soon to be 67 years old, she's found a workout community, a style of training that doesn't feel like exercise that she loves. And it's taken her the better part of her life, but she's now lost 20 pounds. She's staying on track. She's making healthier choices. She feels a confidence come. You have to keep trying. If you just, if you go to the gym one time, you're like, ah, gyms aren't really for me, or you're working out at home and that doesn't really for you. Or maybe you try spin and eh, it's not really for you. It doesn't mean you stop. Because we already know there's enough data, enough evidence that if you don't have a fitness program, a lifestyle program, a healthy community, you're more than likely going to fall victim to any number of viruses, uh, diseases, things that are completely preventable. And so you have to keep trying until you find the thing that you like. It's such a great point. I know being in the fitness industry, people are had different dislikes and likes people like certain type of trainers. They like the ones either they yelled at them or the ones that didn't yell at them, <laughs> like the ones that did functional training compared to weight training. Well, I'll ask you that question a little bit later too. I want to get your take on that. So that's fascinating. That's great about your mom and the Pilates. Mm-hmm. And so really it's testing out, like you said, and folks, again, you can find him at the fit beard. I highly recommend it. And that's one of the things I like about your, your style, your system is you incorporate this kind of a community aspect where people can communicate with each other, can push each other toward goals. Am I far off on that? Nope, not at all. Because it's all about community. At the end of the day, you got to have people to support you. Iron sharpens iron. We're tribal uh, creatures by nature. And so and having a little bit of a healthy competition is a great way for you to constantly push your, your comfort zone. And finding people that are starting and beginning at different points. Uh, if you've been in fitness for any amount of time, you'll know the greatest win you'll get is when your friends start complimenting you because you've lost weight, you've stayed consistent. And they ask you, what are you doing? How do I get some? And then you bring a new person in and they get some wins. And so you're literally serving the message by just being physically active. And the more that you invite people into that health mindset, that lifestyle mindset, the easier it is for you to stay on track with your goals, because now you don't want to let not only yourself down, but you don't want to let the people down around you that you've been guiding into the process. So community is a huge part of fitness. Absolutely. It's interesting because the first step is I think is the hardest one. We've seen a lot of quotes over the years and I can't remember who it was now. I forget if it was Confucius who what it says a thousand mile journey starts with one step. Yeah. Um, but that one step boy, <laughs> it's a biggie. And um, how do you get people to do that one step? I mean, that's a tough part. Yeah. I, I, there's, there's a meme floating around at the beginning of the year. It says the heaviest weight at the gym is the front door. <laughs> it's literally just getting in, but there's, I've never met a single person that feels bad after doing a workout. So the idea is just to get some momentum going, know that there is a ton of positive chemistry on the other side of working out and exercising. So whatever you have to do to bait yourself, leverage yourself, uh, you know, negotiate with yourself, you know, put yourself in a position where you actually make the commitment for that first step. After you work out, 
there's the immediate benefit, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, you feel good. There's a chemical change happens in your body. You start to burn fat, feel good. And of a long enough period of time, now you're stacking wins, you're losing weight, your energy levels are naturally higher, but it literally is that first step. And like anything else, that first step is always in faith that, you know, there's going to be a greater outcome. So often though, it takes a massive lifestyle um, you know, for la lifestyle landmine where you have to step on it for people to really make that change where it's maybe it's a death in the family because of poor health or due to a virus. Uh, it could be diabetes. It could be, um, you know, maybe you are facing a divorce or you're facing some type of, you know, lifestyle ambush. And it's because of that pain that you decide to redefine your purpose, but it's only usually in that place that most people take it on, but you don't have to go there. You don't have to get to that point of pain. You can actually just go and create that positivity, that win by doing some exercise and, and feeling good about yourself. And you had two great, two great points there again. He's always hitting great points, but that one about, um, Motive, that, no, I lost both points. No, I got one of them. <laughs> one of them was obviously the landmines is going to be the big one. And I, I was going to have another story with that. But before that, you mentioned something that was really stood out because I know it's the wins, the little wins that add up one after another, because they really do make a difference. It almost has a snowball effect. As hard as it is to open that door, as you mentioned, right, that really heavy door, like you said, with the meme, once you do it, it becomes lighter and lighter every time. Yep, Absolutely. Yeah, it's fascinating how that works. But I guess my other point is the landmines. I know I've seen people who they get a 95 on their uh, fasting glucose score or 100. They're not diabetic, but they're getting closer now. And that, that kind of opens their eyes and changes their life in a, in a hurry. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's in that health scare and we've been in a health scare for the last two years and it's um, it's only recently within, I'd say last 30 days that we I've actually seen a piece of media that's talked about health being as a way to no longer have the symptoms of, you know, this virus, um, you know, really negatively affect you. It's the first time we've talked about it in, in nearly two years where it says the healthy people are dealing with less of the symptoms and that in itself is part of the issue, but as the whole, we know this, you feel better, your clothes fit better, your confidence better when you take your fitness, nutrition, your mindset, and you prioritize it. At the end of the day, like if we are also compliment receiving creatures, and so receiving compliments because we're staying on track, we're disciplined, we're following through, um, we're noticing the looks of the opposite sex, all of those things, all those feed into our self-esteem. And we all control that. We control that by our fitness. We control it by what goes into our pie hole, how we eat and our mindset. And it is, it's really the only thing at the end of the day that we can control. Look at the, the world that we're living in right now. So much is out of our control, you know, mass lockdown, this and that, whatever side you're on at the end of the day, you can still control how you physically show up. And in a time where control seems to be a little bit chaotic, like why would you not want to control your fitness? Uh, great stuff. Great stuff. And you're right. I mean, it's interesting how it, it can be a little complicated, but in reality, it's so simple. <laughs> in regards to doing certain things, get moving and eating better and things of that nature. But I want to take it now is into different types of avenues. As you mentioned earlier, you have to find what, what you really like. Now, you offer a lot of different types of stuff in your programs, um, pretty athletic stuff. Tell us a little bit about some of the training that you've seen that works really effective. I know you have a 12-week challenge that started actually today, I think. <laughs> on January 10th. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And then tell us a little bit about some of the different ways that you can see people can get in better shape. Yeah, no, great, 
Uh, great questions. I really, at the end of the day, uh, if you break a sweat and you find something that break a sweat where you don't even feel like you're working out, like that is a great starting point. And so for many of us that are just getting into a fitness journey, it may be as simple as walking around the block, taking the stairs and taking the ele- instead of the elevator. Um, choosing to park a little bit farther when you're grocery shopping, you know, not looking for the easy shortcut. The secret to fitness and making fitness a part of your lifestyle is you take the hard path. You take the hard path. I mean, sometimes I'm going to park a little bit further back when I've got my grocery shopping to do. So I know that I get a few extra steps in. All of our phones and Apple watches, they track your steps. So set a little, very simple goal. You want to hit 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 10,000, 12,000 steps per day and literally scale that. And you'll start to notice that as you stack these small, simple wins, if you set a goal, just simply parking further away, taking the stairs every time they present themselves and getting more steps in, that is a great step in the right direction because you're just moving your body. As you get more comfortable and more confident and more advanced, then it's working with somebody that can create a custom plan for you, a fitness program. And there's any number of ways that we can do this. Again, my mom's in Pilates. She used to come to my boxing gym when I owned one. She loved it for a little while, but she it wasn't sustainable for her. And she's worked with personal trainers, but didn't find what she loved. She's done yoga before and didn't really love that, but she's fallen in love with this new fitness, knowing that at the end of the day, the only thing that she can really control is her health because she's taking more responsibility for her fitness, more responsibility for her nutrition and her community. And so you just have to keep testing things, but to start, it means literally just starting. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You just get outside, move, break a sweat. And then if you're a little bit sore, go back and do it again. Like that's a good foundation, but there's boot camps, there's online trainers, there's, uh, you know, fun runs you can do. There's any number of things at the end of the day, don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink, just get outside and break a sweat. Let me ask you this question. I'm kind of, a, at least for me personally, just from my own personal fitness goals, I've always functioned well on, on being really methodical. And what I mean by that is I, I have a goal. I have a picture that I hang up of what I want to look like. I look, and then I keep track every week of my body fat to see if I'm actually dropping or not. Is that something you advocate or does it, do you have to get to a certain point to be there? What would you recommend for clients there? Is it important to have that picture? I guess I'll, I'll phrase it this way. That was kind of a weird question. Should you have a goal picture first? We'll start that way. And then should you keep uh, progress being monitored? Monitoring yeah. progress. So two things. One, the goal is your vision. Without a vision, like it's unlikely that you're going to reach your goal because you're not going to know what good looks like. So whether that goal is a weight or an actual picture, yes, always start with the end in mind. Um, the only downside that I'd say to picturing your perfect body and where you are is knowing that oftentimes what you see on magazine covers as those perfect bodies, that is at the end of a 12 week depletion phase where they have been pulling out their water levels. They've been maybe on some type of anabolic. And so just recognize that there's a lot more that goes into what we see in Hollywood. And so take that into account. But first and foremost is know that you are moving towards our, the second piece is what I really liked is your daily progress tracking and following a plan. If everybody just started out with a basic plan and then checked in regularly, whether it's going to be your weights, your body fat, your measurements, but saw continuous progress, it will keep you on track with your long-term goals. The picture may change. Because a lot of the pictures we go after, we think about this, you know, if we're, if we're you know, new to fitness in our 40s, 50s, and this is the first time that we're really getting excited about it, if you find a 
model from Hollywood that is super diced and chiseled. And your goal is to look like that within 12 months. Well, you may set an unrealistic standard, but if you set a weekly goal of losing one pound per week and dropping 3% body fat within the first 30 days and having your waist size go down within the first couple of weeks, those are measurable and trackable. And then you start to fall in love with yourself rather than what Hollywood points out as an ideal body type. The purpose of fitness is for you to fall in love with yourself for you to stack wins so you build confidence. If the picture works for you and it is attainable and you're working with a coach that is giving you the feedback and it is very realistic saying, yes, this is achievable achievable within an 18 month period. Here's the progress we're moving towards. By all means, use a picture. If it's a five pound goal that we're going after or three inches off the waistline, or you simply want to do a new PR or run a marathon, the goals and the progress is the most important piece. I wouldn't get too attached to the image until you start stacking wins in the beginning. Mm, great stuff. Folks, again, if you want to learn more, you can go to the Fitbeard on Instagram, uh, truelean.com. Well, we'll talk about truelean.nutrition.com in a little bit as we head over to nutrition. Let me ask you this, Aaron. It's interesting. On September 13th, I sound like an attorney, <laughs> as a prosecution, on September 13th, Aaron, you posted on Instagram. And it was a really, I think it was one of the most informative posts because it was really eye-opening. I know I'm making kind of this more, more uh, anxious than I should be, but you posted a picture of yourself at 19%. You posted yourself at 26%. Actually, I'm going to go backwards. 32, 26, 19%. Then you post one at 14, one at eight, one at six, which is great because I think a lot, this is how males, because I don't think you posted for a female. So for males, it's really important because sometimes we don't know, like you said, we don't know what they were doing to, to get to that level, yeah. but at least we can see here. Oh, I could look like that at eight. I mean, everybody's going to have different abs. Obviously you have, I think it's, you have like the six pack type. There's sometimes there's four and there's like these little bunches. Everybody's got sometimes different abs, but when you look at that, it kind of really gives you a good frame of reference of what to go for. Yeah. And I don't know. Did you do that on purpose? Was it helpful for you? The progress photo. Yes. Yeah, so I think the photo you're referencing is, is six different versions of me at different phases of, exactly. of, uh, of leanness. And yeah, you know, from, it was a lot for me from the standpoint of looking at the progress, you know, looking at where I've been and where I've gone, because when I was at 30% body fat, I wasn't feeling confident. I didn't, I wasn't making healthy decisions. I was overstressed, overworked in a toxic relationship. Um, you know, consuming endless calories, just trying to fill an empty void. Um, and then the, the change, the transformation over several years, is the, it certainly didn't happen overnight. This is over several years. It took place because I started prioritizing my, my health, my nutrition, my fitness, and stacking little wins. In the beginning, uh, when I was 30% body fat, I was, I was hid behind the excuses that I'm not a runner. Um, I've had two knee surgeries. I'm not built to run and then transition over time. I've really adopted running. I've fallen in love with it. I, and I've started to lean into the uncomfortable things that I know are going to make me successful, like tracking my macros and being around a, an environment of people that are uh, making healthy choices. Uh, but the progress as a whole, it goes back to that. You know, the last thing we were just talking about is stack wins for yourself and actually see your progress over time. And really what I want to do with that photo is just remind everybody that no matter where you are, if you're above 30% body fat, or if you're down all the way lean to single digit, you can go in either direction, but it's all really based on your choices, your decisions, but you're not stuck in the body you're in. You can literally change it if you want to. Now, it's interesting because I, I will see if you agree with this, but I know when you're at 30 percent, I was there, too. When you're at 30 percent body fat, dropping that first four or five percent is fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty easy. 
I don't know. Yeah. Do you agree with that? hundred percent. Yeah. The first few pounds come off and that's almost like the, uh, the bait, right? It's the bait <laughs> you on. You say you're making some good progress. And for most of us, the first few pounds, those are easy wins, but it's also a lot of water weight. As soon as you start adjusting the way you're eating, really tracking your macros, uh, paying attention to how you work out, being consistent, your body will normalize, you'll create a state of homeostasis. And then by the end of that, it's going to require work where you stay consistent. Yeah, I guess that's my, that was my point now is at least my next question is, I wonder if that has any kind of impact on some people when they start losing that five or 10 pounds and it goes away, they drop from 30 to 25, 24. I tend to see it around 18 to 19 is when usually it gets a little harder because you have less fat to access now. All of a sudden it becomes more of a challenge. How do people stay motivated at that point? This goes back to, to your, your previous question is what is your vision? What is your plan? What is meaningful? What is your why? Uh, for me, I knew that if I was going to help the most amount of men and women on their transformation journey, abs, arms, and ass sell at the end of the day. Like no one wants to take fitness advice from somebody that's overweight or not living uh, their example. And so if I'm going to be the head of a nutrition company, if I'm going to be the head of a fitness transformation company like that already, if I'm going to be a head of a men's personal development program like the project, if I'm going to be a part of these personal development um, you know, experiences, then I have to look the part. And I can't preach about something and not have my physicality match. And so for me, my why serving people, helping men and women reach their confidence, knowing that what it's done for me, fitness has saved my life in many capacities. Uh, if it wasn't for the fact that I could dial in my fitness, stay on track and really track my food, recognize my impulses and my vices and how emotions show up when I want to overconsume and overeat. All these lessons were learned through fitness. And if I didn't make those changes, there's no way I could ever lead or guide anybody through their own transformation journey. And so for my why, when you got stuck at the 18%, I was like, man, I just don't feel like going. Well, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not at the point where, um, you know, veins are popping out. I'm not at the point where it is very visible that I am very disciplined with what I eat. I'm not at the point where I could stand and I could actually take a photo shoot and be, you know, uh, model ready for the front of a cover for something. And the only reason I wanted to get there is because I know from a marketing side, I know from what attracts men and women, abs, arms, and ass. We want to see it. We want to know that it's possible. And I wanted to go from fat beard who wasn't very confident and really own the fit beard side where I could put them side by side and say, I've done it. So can you. Fat beard. That's interesting. Fat beard to fit beard. And you're right. The triple A, right? Triple A. I get that insurance policy going on. That's great stuff. Um, it's interesting too, because when you look at your pictures, you got 14% and that 6%, there's a huge drastic difference there. Uh, and, and body fat. And that gets even a lot harder. And I know we have a lot of different types of listeners. We have some people who've been working out for years, some people who never worked out. So if you're not familiar with the term macros, that's just talking about fats, carbs, and proteins, things of that nature, which we're going to get into in a little bit too. Um, but that 14, that last 10, when you have 10%, if you're trying to get lower, that becomes a, a, a another huge mountain to climb, doesn't it? Yeah, like anything else, it's just, it's yeah. really micro adjustments and it's a matter of staying consistent with your why. So it, it's just a reaffirming the reason why you're doing it and knowing there's an end date, knowing that there's an end date so that you're going to push hard for this sprint, that this is no one can sustain. And I would say nobody, some people probably do. No one sustains um, super low single digit body fat for that long. 6% um, is about as low as I, I like to go and, and ever in a script would be, be for a very short window. Um, it's not sustainable for the type of exercise I like doing. I like doing long endurance runs, marathons. So I really sit closer to 10% because it just allows my body to have more fuel. 
but that point is literally for a picture so that I can get the picture. I can create the content I want. And then I scale back up to something. This would be maybe the same motivation for a lot of us is I want to get lean enough to know that I can take some awesome photos to show that I got there. The lessons you learn in discipline, the lessons you learn in self-restraint, the lessons you learn in moderation and stacking victories over vices and all the toxic thoughts that happen when you are fasting from your distractions, the lessons you learn from that are worth all the pain because you learn that you can. You are now retraining all the toxic you know, programming that got you to the point where you're not proud of your physique, um, got you to the point where you are overeating, overconsuming, and you literally change all that by changing your physique. Man, that's great stuff. I wanted to make sure people understood that because that six percent is a tough one to keep up. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some people genetically who may be more inclined towards that six than others, but those are far few in between. <laughs> that's for sure. That and again, now this might be a good segue into true lean nutrition and then to the MDK projects. It seems like it all ties together, which is nice because everything you do seems to tie together. Aaron, when we get to true lean nutrition, nutrition you mentioned earlier, macros. That seems to be one of the biggest keys, isn't it? hundred percent. Yeah. It, it all, it all comes down to macros and, it, and you did a great job describing it. Your macros are your three uh, main energy sources, your protein, your carbohydrates, and your fats. And in the combination that you eat those that fills up your total calories for the day, uh, depending on what you eat, what you prioritize and how many calories depends on whether or not you're going to lose fat, uh, build muscle, Um, as a whole, your most important macro to pay attention to is protein. Most people are not consuming enough protein. Um, there's been several doctors that I actually been talking about is Dr. Gabriel Lyon. Uh, She is a muscle enthusiast, but she speaks very deeply on a topic that we don't have an obesity problem. We have an under muscle problem in, in our nation. If more people ate more protein fueled lean muscle with resistance exercise, there would be less fat on the body. When you have more lean muscle, you can eat more food, you burn fat faster, your metabolism is healthier, your longevity is healthier, but most of our standardized um, health that we get from the media and really anywhere else, it doesn't talk about needing protein uh, to live a, a healthy life. And so protein is the one macro that we stress to all of our clients that you need to be consuming uh, with uh, intention and regularity. That's one of the things that bugs me when you have the daily allowance or recommendations from that. It becomes really funny because you don't really get an ad. You, one, you don't get an accurate number because everybody's so different because you have different weights and ages and activity levels to be able to do that. Do you assist people in being able to find the appropriate macro accounts that they need? Yeah. You know, a good starting point because there's so much good resources online is to know your protein macro that you should be shooting for. And so what I coach my clients on is for um, every, for whatever your desired body weight that you want to maintain and achieve, you need to be consuming one gram of protein per pound of desired body weight. So as an example, I'm 175 pounds. I like being 175 pounds. And so a minimum every single day, I consume one gram of protein per pound of desired body weight. So I take in 175 grams of protein every single day without fail. The days when I'm leaning closer to one to get closer to 6% or single digit body fat, I will change my carbohydrates and my fat and lower my calories, but I never, ever consume less than 175 grams of protein. This allows me to maintain my muscle mass, whether I'm going up or down in body weight or up or down in body fat. My protein stays the same because I don't want my lean muscle to change. 
So that's a good starting point. And then number two is download an app to track what you eat. And this will give you a ton of visibility as to where you're spending excess calories. So I, I tell my clients this all the time, it's a little bit crude, but we track 100% of the food that goes in our pie hole. If it goes in your mouth, if you eat it or drink it, anything that goes in your body, you track it. And the app, My Fitness Pal, is an amazing database. It's absolutely free to download. Um, you get it on App Store, the Android Store, but you download and scan literally everything you eat and you'll see how close you are to your basic uh, metabolic needs. Um, if you put in your height, your weight, and your age in the app, it'll tell you what you need to maintain, what you need to lose, or what you need to gain. And so the app literally does it all for you. And then as long as you're hitting your protein goal and lowering your calories per day, you'll lose weight. Awesome stuff. Awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about Truly Nutrition. Yeah, Truly Nutrition. We are a supplement company, uh, you know, first and foremost, but really at our heart, we're a transformation company. Our goal is to help as many people as possible transform their bodies, knowing that physical transformation is the gateway to mental and spiritual transformation. Change your body, change your temple, change your meat suit. You're going to have better energy, more enthusiasm, more excitement. Uh, your chemistry is going to feel better. Your metabolism is going to work better. You're going to live healthier. Your immune system is going to be stronger. So our, our goal and our mission is to help people transform their physical frames through mindset, nutrition, and fitness programming. Our supplements are literally the best tasting, but highest quality products on the market. We've got an amazing grass-fed um, protein, as well as a water enhancer to help encourage people to drink more water because most people don't drink enough water throughout the day. And then we've got an immune booster that has been super popular within the last two years, our wellness shot to keep everyone's immune system strong, lower inflammation, and give you the vitamins and nutrients to help you uh, live a healthy life. Because at the end of the day, if you had a million dollars in a bank account, but you didn't have your health, you'd spend every single penny and more to get your health back. And health is something that we really need to prioritize, especially now more so than ever. Great stuff. You hit another point I wanted to make uh, to ask you about too. And I want to cover, I'm going to preface this by saying, folks, this is for people who already have a mindset, they're already motivated to do this just in case, because I, I know this can be disillusioning to some by going this far ahead. So I wanted to make sure people realize it, that I'm just talking about people who are, who are gung-ho right now. They're in the middle of it. They're motivated already. I used to believe more so the, the idea of a calorie is a calorie. It doesn't really matter as long as you're cutting your calories. Over the years, I realized that's not necessarily always the case because <laughs> certain calories are really different than other calories. Uh, mm -hmm. Ultra processed foods are not the same calories as real food. Um, so those can play really different roles. And you were talking about grass fed, right? We talk about grass fed beef compared to corn fed beef. And there is a difference there. The difference how our body responds. What's your take on that? Broad question, super broad question. You know, yeah. as a, as a starting point, uh, if you are if you are in the category uh, of obese, and, and I say this very openly because uh, you know, shocking statistic is that seventy percent of the U.S. population is obese, and so we think about this. That number um, it means that seven out of ten people that we're talking to or that are listening to this podcast are in that realm where healthy choices and nutrition is going to be feel foreign. And so I think you did a great job of preframing that. From that standpoint, your first thing you should really prioritize is consuming less calories so you get your overall body weight down. That is a great starting point, great advice. Um, but the second piece, the caveat to that is calories are not all created equal. And, you, and just like you said, you know, processed food, um, fast food, 
um, you know, anything that's, that's packed full of sugar, if you have 2000 calories of sugar and then 2000 calories of something healthy, organic and grass fed, your body composition is going to be drastically different. Your inflammation, uh, your, um, your immune response, your overall cognitive thinking, that's going to be completely different. Our body is not meant to function on processed food. Our brain is not meant to function on processed food. And so we deal with uh, so many issues when you think about eating the wrong types of foods foggy thinking, uh, gut issues, uh, inflammatory effect, depression, mood, anxiety, fr frustration, all those things really do come from what we're putting into our body. Like anything else, you can't put, uh, you can't put, um, you put race fuel in a race, race car, you know, you, you put premium fuel inside of a premium, you know, a vehicle of, of transportation. You are a premium body. We are premium bodies. And if we're not putting that same caliber of fuel inside, we're going to not get, we're going to get inferior results. Um, but as a starting point, depending on who the audience is that we're talking to, yes, lower your caloric loads, so you're seeing consistent wins, get under that obese threshold. So you're actually getting higher energy, more function. And then once you're ready for the next piece of it, look at the type of calories you're taking in. Protein should be a priority. Number one, make sure you're prioritizing one gram of protein per pound of desired body weight. So if you're 210 pounds, you want to get down to 180, 180 grams every single day. And the next thing you want to play with is your carbohydrates because your carbohydrates are going to be your sugars. This is where people get stuck in the trap, drinking the Starbucks Frappuccino with 1900 calories or something terrible or driving through fast food or, you know, soda, um, any number of ways that they're drinking their calories play with your carbohydrates next, lower that number and your body fat will come down as long as you're feeding the lean protein and then focus on getting whole foods whenever possible, whole healthy foods, organic, grass-fed if possible, that's gonna lower your body inflammation, improve your gut health, improve your, your thinking, your cognitive ability. Um, all of that happens when we literally dial things in. That's a great point, especially about gut health. You know, I, I was interviewing a guy a few months ago, not a guy, a doctor, professor, but he was um, talking about microbiome and mental health. Yeah. It was really amazing how much they've learned so far because it's kind of a, you know, a baby, I guess, in the world of science in the last 10 years or so as they're starting to really look at it. It does. You made some great points with the foggy thinking and all that. Awesome yeah. stuff. And you know what? I don't know. It always makes me chuckle and not in a ha ha way, just kind of like, I can't believe it way is, uh, you always see, I'll throw the media in here because that's responsible for it. Um, they'll attack eggs. They'll attack steak. Mm. <laughs> they'll attack all these things, but sugar. No, we're not going to bother with the, you know, if you want to have 150 grams a day, go ahead and do it. That's not a big deal, but sugar is a big problem, isn't it? It's a huge problem. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, it depends on the circle you say this in. It could be, you can lean into the conspiracy theorists out there, but follow the money, follow the money of, you know, where, where everything's coming from. You know, big sugar companies don't want you to get off sugar. There's a reason that it is designed in a laboratory to taste good and to chemically create an effect. It is no different than cocaine. It is no different than anything else. It produces an immediate pleasure center, um, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin. You feel good when you consume sugar. This is why our nation is stuck on it. They want more fat people that are not making clear decisions. They want more people that are stuck on their products. The same way a drug dealer wants their clients addicted to their products to keep it's a repeat buyer. If you know you're putting something out there that is producing an effect, keeping people attached to it, why would you not produce more of it if money is your main focus? And you think about this, follow the money. All these big you know, sugar companies, 
Um, they're not really offering solutions that are healthier because it is not in their end goal. They don't give a shit about health. And you know, I say that very frankly, they don't care about health. The same way pharmaceutical companies, I believe very strongly, they don't really care about solving the issue. They want to keep you stuck on whatever pills you're taking, whatever medicine that you're on, because it keeps a repeat buyer. If everybody made healthy choices and they focused on exercising, staying in a caloric deficit to burn fat, build muscle, focusing on their healthcare, their mental healthcare, making healthy choices, eating healthy foods. There wouldn't be a need for mass media to pump out these products, pump out these, you know, these sexy sugar filled, you know, products uh, or much less a bunch of pharmaceuticals to then negate the issues that are created from unhealthy eating. So, so around spot, I know we're running out of time and it's interesting. I just want to quickly bring up a study. I remember reading this a while back. I can't remember the name of the book. I don't know if it was Nina Teicholz or not, but there was a, there was a sugar company, I think it was the 1960s or seventies were actually paying for studies to show that it was saturated fat that caused or that mm-hmm. led to uh, cardiovascular disease and anything that showed that they had anything to do with it. They canceled the study. <laughs> so they were actually paying people, researchers to study saturated fat and stay away from sugar, which was amazing. So folks, uh, Aaron's not far off on the money game there because um, you can look that up, folks. You can look up sugar companies and research and how they su- they suppressed research on saturated fat and cardiovascular disease. It's really a fascinating take. I know we're down to our last few minutes. I want to get into the MDK project. It goes to the mindset aspect of it. What is this? I see these, these guys out there and uh, I have to say, it's kind of a it's like menacing in a way, but what is this MDK project all about? It is a little menacing, but I'd say that living in mediocrity is just as menacing because you're going to die at some point and how horrible would it be to die, reach the end of your life and to look back and live with regret and know that there's something you could have done different. So the menacing thing is not taking massive action when you know that you're called for more. And that's what the project, the MDK project is really all about. It's helping men reach their highest potential in their fulfillment Uh, living lives that they're truly, truly proud and excited of by testing their limits, testing them mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually so that they can see on the other end that, yes, I am made for this adventure of life. It is a 75-hour personal development experience led by myself, a Navy SEAL, a Marine, a SWAT operator, and an entrepreneur. And the five of us came together because we recognized that there was not a rite of passage given to us. And if you know anything about the rights of men, the passage of men, the evolution of men from a tribal standpoint, men need to be given a rite of passage to really step into masculinity. Women have it biologically. They're given the gift of their period. Their body changes. Nature gives them this gift of now you are a girl. Now you are a woman. Men traditionally used to have one where they would go off to war. They would go and take down their first kill. They would spend, you know, a week in nature in solitude and come back to the community and be celebrated as man. There'd be the transition point from boyhood to manhood. But for the last hundred years or so, there's been not a rite of passage. Men have been broken and divided, raised primarily by women in every single uh, system, education system being 80% women, broken families, men no longer going off to learn from their fathers and grandfathers. And so the modern day night project as a whole, it guides guys through a physical, mental, and emotional rite of passage and test them. It tests them in every capacity. It tests their leadership, their communication, their decision-making under pressure, under stress in a controlled environment so they can receive the feedback and also acknowledgement that they're good enough for uh, the life ahead. It's, uh, it's, we've done 11 classes now. Um, next month will be our 12th class. 
Uh, we consistently sell out of these classes. It is deeply rooted into uh, our mission at the end of the day, because again, it comes from our backstory that we didn't have this growing up. We were raised by passive aggressive fathers that were either physically, mentally, emotionally, or sexually abusive or we were completely neglected. And so we missed out on really building this tribe. And so this has been our, our life's work and our mission and something we're very excited to carry forward this year. That's a great project, folks. Again, the MDK project, you can find it on Instagram. Where else can you find it, Baron? The mdkproject.com. Yeah, there's a, there's a website there. It'll give you a video tutorial, testimonials, a little backstory on the instructors. And if you feel called to it, there's an application there as well. Folks, I do another podcast called Story of Special Forces Operators, and I talk to only Special Forces individuals, and I'll tell you, there's something to that training that they do. There really is. And the MTK project tries to capture that when you can do something and push yourself to such a limit and you learn so much about your own capabilities. And the MDK project offers that. And Aaron talked about this earlier in the show, right? You talked about when you get to those goals, whatever your fitness goals are, you realize what you are capable of in some capacity. Because it's not easy to not just stop eating. <laughs> Seems like it should be, <laughs> but it's not. Aaron, um, last question for you. If I'm going to come and sign up with you, if I'm going to do something with you, what do I need? What do I need to do? And what should I expect? A great attitude. You know, first and foremost, you know, no one got to where they are by, you know, by themselves. We all need each other. You know, we are all part of this one giant team um, as a whole being alive and humans at the end of the day. And so if we were to work together in any capacity, the project and our battle ready coaching through Trulene and the 12 week program as a whole, just raise your hand and say, I want to be a part of something greater. That would be the first thing. And then a white belt mindset. My background comes from martial arts and I recognize that Everything I've learned, I've learned through humility and modesty, recognizing there's so much more that I still get to learn. And so a white belt mindset, emptying your cup, beginning at the beginning and knowing that the best is yet to come. Excellent stuff. Again, folks, you can find them on Instagram, the fit beard and go to true lean nutrition or the MDK project, or you can go to the websites, the MDK project.com nutrition.com. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. I could have been here for like three hours talking about this stuff. Incredible stuff. Folks, you know what to do. Share, subscribe, hit that like button. You know we like it. Stay healthy out there, folks.